in the military after the outbreak of World War II, but instead went to work in the Office of Price Administration in Washington. Eventually, he secured a naval commission and served in the South Pacific. To his later regret, he saw no combat, unlike his later political rival John F. Kennedy. After the war, Nixon returned to Southern California, where he gained political prominence through his 1946 victory against a rather strong Democratic incumbent member of the House of Representatives. During his four years in the House, his national reputation grew because of his role supporting the House Committee on Un-American Activities, the controversial committee that investigated alleged disloyalty and subversive activities of the citizens and entities suspected of having communist ties. After two terms, Nixon coasted to victory in a 1950 campaign for the U.S. Senate. Good fortune and his own careful positioning brought him the nomination as Dwight D. Eisenhower's running mate in 1952. In that campaign, Nixon delivered his famous Checkers speech, in which he deflected charges of receiving illegal campaign funds while indulging in an almost unprecedented revelation of his personal finances and life. During this speech, Nixon invoked the name of a little cocker spaniel dog named Checkers, which had been given to him as a gift for his daughter, Tricia, and declared, Regardless of what they say about it, we're going to keep it. This speech became a model for future politicians. More importantly, it established Nixon's reputation as a fighter and endeared him to rank-and-file Republicans. The Republican Party inevitably nominated Nixon for the presidency in 1960, but he lost an extremely close contest to John F. Kennedy by 120,000 popular votes. Nixon's contention that Chicago Mayor Richard Daley stole the election held little weight, for without Illinois, Nixon still lacked the necessary electoral votes. Bitter and depressed, Nixon tried to stage a comeback when he ran for governor of California in 1962 but he suffered another humiliating defeat. Claiming that his political life was over, Nixon moved to New York City to practice law. From the very beginning, however, he carefully worked with several law partners to prepare the way for his return to what he called the Great Game. Nixon wisely stayed out of contention in 1964, although his vigorous support of the party's nominee, Barry Goldwater, certainly enhanced his own standing within the party. Nixon won the Republican nomination four years later, and in another close race, he defeated Hubert Humphrey by a slim 0.7% margin in the popular vote, although he easily won the Electoral College. Nixon, following his own dictum to run right in the primaries, later govern from the center, had won the Republican Party's support at its 1968 convention yet he left a significant portion of the party distrustful and disenchanted with him from the outset until the end of his presidency. Presidency Richard Nixon was undoubtedly well-schooled in constitutional meaning. He was also no stranger to strong assertions of executive power. Throughout his presidency, he faced a Congress controlled by the opposition party, yet he had strong support among Southern conservative Democrats. Nixon relished the politics of confrontation. Battle and fight were two words that summed up the essence of his political career. Along the way, he more often than not successfully invoked his view of executive power. 
In the end, however, Nixon had to succumb to a national consensus that he had abused his powers and obstructed justice. A crushing end to an otherwise powerful presidency. Impoundment Presidential impoundment of duly authorized congressional appropriations is not an unusual or new thing in American governance. In June 1803, President Thomas Jefferson matter-of-factly told Congress that he would not spend a $50,000 appropriation for Mississippi River gunboats because the favorable and peaceful turn of affairs rendered an immediate execution of the law unnecessary. However, Richard M. Nixon transformed an occasional practice into a test of wills with Congress by defining impoundment as part of his constitutional responsibility. In a January 1973 press conference, Nixon announced the constitutional right for the president...